Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country, with a pedal to the metal, with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, Sundays with Dr. Sean and our little Kehala here. Had some good eats and we're ready to get into the learn some cool stuff. Hey, real quick, I want to remind you all that we do uh, have an opportunity to do um, kind of a unique thing. We have an opportunity to be on 10 stations nationwide, actual radio stations. And one couple here who has committed to one month, uh, contributing one month just themselves, they're doing that. And that's pretty amazing. But if you're out there and you want to contribute, uh, participate in that. There's a donate button on theninjapastor.com or drstronggreener.com, and you can help with that. There's a contract that we have to do for a specific period of time. And so once we are able to achieve that, then we will be on board if the opportunity still exists. So moves that way, we sure appreciate it. And uh, also, tomorrow, 4 6, the radio show, uh, The Collision of Faith and Politics. You can bet it's going to be lively. Uh, we're very, very excited. Uh, tomorrow's show, it, like I say, it's going to be a lot. Of it. It's going to be a very thick show tomorrow. A lot going on. A lot going on in the world. And I, so I figured, why not? What's going on in the world? Why not have? By the way, the chat room is open, and uh, sure appreciate you joining us there. And when there's a good group of people, we have people who are from our live audience today that are we miss them, but we're excited for them. To get together. We know they've got where they go. But we're glad to have folks with us. Uh, it's a, it turned into a beautiful, beautiful evening here. And uh, we're up on a hill looking down on a valley with lots of pretty flowering trees. And, and all the sun just shining through. You can't beat it. Wonderful, wonderful place. And so we thank our hosts for uh, really giving us this opportunity to gather together. If you're up in the New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania uh, area, Feel free to join us. We'd love to have you. We get together at five, and we have some good food and stuff to drink, and then uh, and it's always good food. I mean, there's just it's always good food. And then uh, then after we go live, and hopefully, and uh, sorry for the sound. We'll see if we can adjust this a little bit. There we go. See if that's helpful. Um, but uh, I thought with everything that's going on out in the world, this might be a pertinent message to deliver. We'll see. Not only, it's only words. Now, Proverbs 16, 27 through 20 is going to be our scripture uh, for tonight. A worthless person digs up people gossip. It's like scorching fire lips. 
can separate even close friends. That's Proverbs 16, 7 through 20 in the Plato Bible. So you didn't hear from me, but you know, be hearing some stuff tonight. You didn't hear that from me. That's just it's between us. Don't tell anybody else. Just us, this audience, just us. Don't tell anybody else. In today's Christian Woman magazine, Ramona Kramer Tucker, she writes about a moment in time that her friend Michelle wishes to relive. Ever since lunch at a restaurant, Sharon, I'm, I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to just tell you some stories today. I'm going to tell you stories, and then you, you just see what you got them. You know, I don't want to force you thinking a certain thing, but uh, you see what you think, and maybe something will come on. I don't know, but I'm just going to. So this story here uh, is from Ramona Kramer Tucker, and, and it shows the two people involved here. They went to the ladies' room. They're, you know, that's what women do. They go to the ladies' room. And they were going to powder their nose and put on some lip gloss and check their eyeliner and, and all the other stuff that they do. And while they're in there fixing up their makeup, they small talk. You know how women small talk. Men small talk. Men grunt. Grunt. They do. Mm-hmm. You know, we just make sounds. And, you know, it depends. We always, if it's somebody got a new gun or a new knife or whatever, then they'll talk about that. Or a, or a new tool, always good. So, again, I'm being redundant, gun, knife, tool. So they're in there, and they're small talking like they do. And all of a sudden, small talk took a, a very sinister turn and turned into gossip. Michelle and Sharon began laughing at a co-worker. drove them both crazy, crazy. For a bunch of reasons, I mean, some of them may be valid, some of them not. You know, the co-worker just wasn't that easy to get along with, fussy, and kind of a little bit of a pain that maybe Maybe they were a stickler for details. I don't know that part of the story. We just don't know that. But there was a bunch of reasons that Michelle and Sharon just didn't particularly care for this work. Uh, and some of them were very valid reasons. I want to be fair to Michelle and Sharon, you know, that some of the reasons were very valid. You know, they could be valued. Maybe important. I don't know. We'll see. See what you think. For a full two minutes, Michelle reamed this coworker and I've sent a coworker. You know, can't see herself. I mean, Michelle. Let me see. She has a razor sharp tongue. It's like a tongue. When she wanted to, and sometimes when she didn't even realize it, her tongue. And she was doing that with his coworker. She was shredding his coworker back for a full two minutes. I mean, it was just going on and on. And you know what? She and then I said, and then she said this and said that, and you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And Michelle was on it. She was on her team too. I mean, you've heard some people long, and it just is a mess. But that Michelle could really, really somebody to shred tongue. It's a very sharp. One. So then it's just quiet, a little bit of quiet in the restroom, and then all of a sudden you hear the commotion in a squeaky bathroom door, slowly opening. Glancing in the mirror, they walked in horror as an embarrassed, angry, red-faced, devastated co-worker walked out. That's right. It wasn't just an embarrassed, red-faced worker, but the focus of Michelle's laser-sharp Cutting tool, her tongue. Michelle's tongue cut to the quick on this person. Or was literally weak in the knees 
to hear what her co-workers really thought of her. The problem was true. None of what they said was really true. The, you know, can she wear colored clothes out of season? And, and can you if she wore white after Saturday, Labor Day? Whatever, whatever stuff like that. And you know, look at her wearing pumpkin show when it didn't mean Halloween or something. You know, that stuff, okay, that's true. I don't even know. I don't even know if there is pumpkin. But but the other stuff they were talking about simply was true. Opinion wasn't true. The question is, is the fact that it wasn't true, is that really the problem? None of the horrible things Michelle and Sharon were saying were really accurate. None of them were really truthful when we get right down to it. Was gossip promoted and forwarded as truth? Except it was. What if it all were true? Would it even matter? According to the article, Shell and Beth at each other. And by the way, the ladies in the restroom is the focus of Michelle's really laser tongue. Michelle and Beth stared at each other in an embarrassed panic. Michelle knew she couldn't take her words back. In the instant their eyes met, Beth fled out the door and under distant crushing embarrassment. Look at this. You know, in court, when you want to get something entered into evidence, you just and then the uh, opposing attorney, if they if that's supposed to say that when it said, they don't want the jury to hear that, they don't want the judge to hear that, they'll, they'll and then the judge says, overturned sustained. or sustained. Now, if he says overturned, if he's overturned, he'll say, strike that the record. Jury, you're directed to disregard that statement. And the jury goes, mm-hmm, disregard. It's important just what's said. He don't, don't nobody want to hear. You know, and that's that. But can you unhear something? You can't unhear something. Especially when it's juicy, delicious gossip. Here's the thing. Michelle saw Beth again. They worked at the same place. But she began to deal with the shame and the hurt. I mean, it was it was just hurt. Financially needed both Beth and the husband to work. People didn't know at this work, but things were tough. They had a handicapped child. They had, you know, it was it was tough for them. It was really really tough for them. Instead of work, this job that she really desperately needed, she she just left her job. Because it was such shame. It was so crushing. It was so hurtful. Never saw her again. The author writes, uh, while other staff members cheered what seemed to be good news because, in fairness, Beth wasn't the most popular co-worker. In spite of all that, Michelle felt miserable. She felt horrible. Michelle wished she had talked to Beth instead of talking about Beth. So now tell me, what part of the story do you immediately relate to? Did you immediately identify with Michelle's side or with Beth's side? The one who's doing the gossiping or the one who is being gossiped about? Or do you identify with them both? Now, look, I don't want to spend time here. Everybody's valuable. It's a beautiful evening. You still have time to go for a walk, maybe smell some flowers and whatnot. So if you don't relate to your side, if you don't have a struggle about gossip yourself, whether being a gossip or gossip, 
you know, being gossiped about. If you've never, ever gossiped and you've never been gossiped about that you know of, you are free to go. And you can go watch uh, this new show called Sunday. It's on Sundays. Very special show called Desperate Housewives of Dubuque, Iowa. Show. It's not a show. Don't leave and then get on the TV and then look up see where that show is because that's not. You know, they have Desperate Housewives. Or no, what is it called? I've got the wrong name. What's the name of that show? They're all over. They're in uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of L.A. That's what I meant to say, Real Housewives of Dubuque. Because Dubuque, Iowa, they'd be out. Right now, they'd be out on the tractor. Well, on Sunday, they wouldn't be on the tractor. They'd be, they'd be eating and stuff. But anyway, don't. that show's not a real show, so don't sue me if you can't find it. But if you ever found yourself being a gossiper, or maybe you've felt the sting of someone gossiping about you, Again, because today's message changed your life. You know, I say this about my book, Acts Kill the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. I mean, it's, it really is. I say, I tell pastors a lot of times, they'll read the title or real churchy folk. They'll read, excellent, kill the church. And they'll throw the book down and then walk away. They'll put that church thread on. I ain't trying to read no book about executing the church. Church is still alive. That man don't know nothing. Who does he think he is anyway? Wearing all black and whatnot. What do you think he is, a ninja pastor? Why, yes, I do. So the problem is, the, the problem, I'm not well, for me. Uh, the problem is, here's the problem. That book, I tell people, that book is either for you or it's about you. Well, this story is either for you or it's about you, right? So t- I, I just, I just want to, in all sincerity, I joke around. I don't know if you've ever gossiped about that you know of. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you just thought you just got caught up in gossiping and all of a sudden got out of hand and somebody got hurt really, really bad. I don't know what your story is. So I'm just saying, think about it. Just think about it. Put yourself in that place and just see if any of it resonates with you. And then maybe if you dig into this message, not much left, it's a real short message tonight, then maybe it could change your life. So this evening, we're going to deal with the problem from Michelle's perspective, the problem of being a gossip. And tonight, we're also going to look at it from Beth's perspective, how to handle being gossiped about. The other girl that was standing there not saying anything? Mm-hmm. That's right, Susan. She should have had said something, shouldn't she? We're going to talk about that. Remind me. Your job tonight is to remind me to talk about the other person, Sharon. What should Sharon have done? And what if you're Sharon one day? Cool. I like it. So I have to ask you, what's the big deal about a little gossip? It's just a little gossip. It's true. Whether it's not true, who knows? Our text makes it fairly clear, though, doesn't it? Y'all, you sleep still? Let me read it to you again. It's free. It not cost you anything extra. Worthless person digs up evil gossip. It is like scorching fire on lips. A deceitful person stirs up strife, and a slanderer can separate even close friends. That's Proverbs 16, 27 through 28, the complete Jewish Bible. Let me answer this. Have you ever been in a – I'm just, just, just saying. It doesn't have to be gossiping. But uh, have you ever been in a restroom, a public restroom? And you know how they have all different stalls and whatnot. And uh, maybe you're singing, right? You're singing on. Oh, Lord, some folks. Uh, but they're singing, they're maybe singing a little blues, a little joke, 
Bonham Mosque. Maybe they're singing. Maybe they're singing hymns. Maybe they're singing some Celine Dion or some kind of blues or some some uh, you know rapping. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what she's in there doing rapping. So you know, getting a rap on in front of the mirror. And so, but you ever be in there, and then all of a sudden you hear that door opens. You're like, oh my land, someone just hurt me. They heard me, and you're embarrassed. You're embarrassed. What if you've got to give a speech, or you've got to, you know, you know, host something, and you're practicing your little welcome spiel, right? About five different times, and you're going through it. And you're like, oh, I'm just such a loser. I'm, I don't know why they need me to speak. I should just try to run out the back door and go home. Get the sandwich first off that table because some good looking food, maybe some fried chicken, and go out. No, I can't do that because the door just can't work it out. I might as well go speak. Right? And you're going all this, and you're saying all these things, and then all of a sudden, someone comes out of the restroom, and you are embarrassed, right? You're totally, completely embarrassed. But what is what you were saying? Maybe somebody was with you, and what you were saying was super hurtful about another person. What if? And I'm just you to put yourself there before we go on. Here's the thing. Gossip, you know, our text is pretty clear. The Bible is, is uh, six, six awesome books combined in a library that's just, it's an impeccable library, quite frankly. What a fascinating thing. You could, you could never read another book and read that book every day and just be amazed and educated. And sometimes my buddy was uh, telling me today, man, I read some stuff in the old Testament. twisted me up. You got to help understand some of this. Well, I... Hey, look, I still, I still, I read stuff now, and I'm like, did I go over this one? I know my time, no, I have read this passage before, but this hit me, right? So you could do that, but so the scripture is pretty profound. Well, here's another proverb. It's it's one found chapter 20, verse 19 in Proverbs, chapter 20, verse 19. It warns, warns against even associating Sharon with a gossip. See that? You must have read my notes. Sharon. We're talking about Sharon here, right? We got Michelle, we got Sharon, two friends, Michelle and Sharon, very tight. And then we've got uh, we've got Beth in the in the stall. She's in the bathroom. Beth's the one being talked about. Michelle and Sharon, if you're just joining us late, Michelle and Sharon, they're in there and they're coworkers and they are really lambasting this other coworker, Beth, who ends up being okay before the door ever opens. What should Sharon do? Because look, it's it's gossip. He look, go ahead. Here we go. I told you it's in the scriptures. He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. And therefore, do not associate with a gossip, Sharon. That's not in there. I added that for the story, make it easier to understand. That's the New American Standard Bible. I like it. He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. So, what should Sharon have done? Sharon, there's two things Sharon could have done. Sharon, this is what I recommend because it's the coolest sound. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, that's good. When you do that, you hold your hand up to the folks at home. They can't see me. You hold your hand up to do like put your put your hand out like this. Turn your head a little bit, a little back like that. Whoa, 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 whoa. like this, right? The stop. You got to be bold and dynamic about it. You just tell them stop. Whoa, hey, no, no, no. Uh, while I'm here, don't be gossiping. This is sounding like it's going to be gossip to me. I don't play in the gossip game. I don't play. I don't like being gossiped about. I'm not going to be part of gossiping. And you know what people always say, Michelle would say, but I know I'm not, I'm not trying to gossip. I'm not gossiping. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just saying, right? We say I'm just saying as though what I'm just saying isn't exactly what 
you're about to say you're just saying, right? That's what they say. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, I know you're just saying. That's what I'm telling you. you, you I don't want you to gossip. You're gossiping. What you're saying is gossip. Well, I'm not trying to gossip. I'm just saying. Well, you're, you're, you're saying it's gossip. See how this could go we, all night long. could do like this. Sharon should have just stopped her and or whatever she wants to do. Hold on, Michelle. Yeah, first of all, I you know, look, I'm not going to be part of gossip. That's nice. I don't want to be part of it. You know what? You should either. Or maybe, or maybe Sharon says, you know what, Michelle? I like you. You're my work friend and all. Uh, you have nice lip gloss and all that, and, you know, you do a good job. But, Michelle, I, I, I'm not into the gossip thing. That's just not my thing. I'm a no-drama mama. I'm not into it. I just want to care of myself, work, get there on time, work hard, you know, do lunch hour, and, uh, and, and then go ahead home and take care of my family. I'm trying to be gossip about somebody. Man, I don't live in Beth's shoes. I don't live in Beth's shoes. But you know what? God says we're not the gossip. God says through Proverbs, he gave us the scriptures. He goes about as a slanderer, reveals secrets, therefore didn't associate with the gossip. So the Bible, Michelle, tells me, says Sharon, through the scripture, that I'm not gossip. And I don't want to be a party to it. So I'm, I'm just saying, I, let me go ahead and put lip gloss on, and then I'm going to go in and get out of here. Do you think Beth would have ever opened that door? No. She'd have done like the rest of us, well, not me, because I would have busted. I would have waited till just the right time, but you know how to make drama. You know, I would have, I, but the door opens inward, so it's hard to do. I got to step out of the way and slam it back, and then, you know, bounce off the wall and slam it back. Then it's hitting you, and it looks all stupid. But if you could make it look dramatic, it would be awesome. Like, hold on to the door, slam it back, and then go, what in the world are you saying? You know what I mean? Or jump over, right? Jump over the thing. When I was young, I would have jumped over it like Superman. Swam. And all of a sudden, they're like, where did he come from? You know, he's the ninja pastor. You don't know where he's going to come from. He was up in the ceiling. I don't know. Watch what you say because he could show up anywhere. Right? But I can't do that now. I can't do that now because I'm all busted up. So now I would just open it carefully, right? And I would say, whoa, 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 whoa. What in the world are you saying? Usually when I'm face to face with people, they're like, oh, no, I, I was just, I was, <laughs> I was just, you know, they go back on their word. They walk back. But if they don't see you, right, they say whatever they want. What are they, where does this happen? On computers. Keyboard commando. You hear that? People that talk a bunch of games. They're big, they're combat, uh, you know, they're they're all that on the keyboard. But when you see somebody, now I had somebody do me like that and paid them a visit, and then all of a sudden they were super nice. I don't know how that happens. Very convincing. I don't know what happens. I'm just a compelling, convincing person. But the point is, is people do that on the computer. So that is also a place of gossip. It's a place of gossip. I just want you to think. Smartphone. We run around with our smartphone, right? I have a cool one, looks like a book. And I'm sitting here, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. You know, all this. And uh, let's see here. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm going to And then what we do? Click, click, click. I don't know who types with their. I type with my thumbs. And right, typing along, type, 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 type. And I'm just, I'm jammed. I'm, you know, it, sorry about the sound, folks. I don't know what's different. We have a really good signal and. Let me see. Yeah, we got a great signal. I'm getting reports that the sound is bad. It's crackling up for some reason. Let me let me back this down a little bit. Maybe that'll help. Diane text there. It said you're breaking up. Huh. Well, let's go back to that there. 
Well, let's give it a try. Sorry about that. It's just, you know, it's a shaky internet signal. Uh, so, so what I'm saying is, is you know, gossip. It doesn't nowadays. It doesn't really happen very often in person, does it? It really doesn't. If we're being, it doesn't. Gossip doesn't happen in person. You can send a text message. Right? You could send a group email and leave somebody out. My next door neighbor got fired from a very good job. I won't say her name. She's she's a snarly, angry, unhappy person. But she she got fired from a job because she 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 did a reply all instead of a reply, and she laid in her boss. And the boss goes, uh, "Can you come see me?" And he's like, you know why you're in here coming to see me? She goes, mm-mm, I don't know. He's like, uh, remember that email you sent? You sent that to reply all. By the way, security's at your desk packing you up. You're going to be walked out by security. Thanks for coming. You're fired. Lost a very good job. Gossiping. Gossiping. Keyboard. Right? What do we used to do? We used to do on the telephone, olden days, right? Who had a party line? Anybody here? Party. Do you party? Yeah, I party. On the party line, you know. So, so remember, you used to have a party line. I do remember this. I, re- I remember it. And I'm only 50. But I grew up in the country. You know what I mean? You never did know. You know, you had to watch what you said. So then all of a sudden, somebody comes on and talk about, you know, hey, you need to get off this line. And especially if you were young and they were older. They were like, get off the phone, kid. You need to be doing your homework or something. You know, that's how that's how we did it. And, and it's migrated over time, right? Gossip has become this thing that's so easy to do. That's my point. It's so easy to do. It's easier now than it ever was going somewhere and gossiping about somebody. It really is. And it's a shame, isn't it? I think it is. I think it's I think it's a shame. I'm going to try moving the Internet thing, see if that helps. Sorry, guys. I don't know how to do that. But. Anyway, uh, our tech support guy will be back soon. How many days? Oh, come on. An estimate. Nothing. Sweet. We love that. We miss our brother, man. We really miss our brother. Our tech support guy will be back soon, and we'll be stuck. Bob says not bad, skipping a little bit. Okay. I'll figure out something to do with it at some point. Um, <laughs> so leave Bob in the house. Not really. He's in his house, probably. Probably eating good food, too. Find out from Bob what he's what he made for dinner. You know it's good. You know it's good. <laughs> you know that Bob can cook. I'm telling you what, that Bob can cook. You know, if Bob cared about us, if he loved us, he'd be, uh, he'd be down here. If Bob was down here. He, if he was here, he'd be down here. I don't know why he's up in that house feeding people. You know they don't need to eat anymore. He's got plenty of food. They eat it all the time. Bob needs to be down here feeding. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What am I doing? I'm gossiping. Using the radio and the computer and whatnot, the internet, right? Gossip. It, it, it does. Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees, though. Come on, Bob. Bring some food down. <laughs> when he makes a little something, you know it's a lot of something. So, but here's the thing. It's so easy to do, and there's so many different platforms right now that you do it. it destroys, and it destroys so much faster, so much quicker, so much easier. Before you were talking one-on-one with a person gossiping somebody, but now you can be on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Vine or or or, or uh, uh, what's the one Pinterest? I don't know if they do that. I don't know if they talk on that or not. They put pictures. I don't know what that is really. Uh, but uh, I'm just showing you how cool I am. 
Pinterest. Probably some girl thing or something. Anyway, is it really? What is it? Snapchat. Snapchat. I'm I'm down with Snapchat. I don't even know what that is either. All the young ones use Snapchat. The young ones use the young cool. What we use Snapchat. So, um, and then we talk. Snap finger and we talk. That's what I think. <laughs> anyway, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Before you would talk and gossip with one or two people, but now what happens? Now through the power of technology, the internet, you're gossiping and talking to hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Look, I have five thousand friends on Facebook and people that follow me, and and uh, Twitter and Instagram and all these different things. The people that subscribe to the website. And if I say one one time, I'm reaching potentially plus on the radio, you know, six hundred thousand or more people per week. Man, I could gossip. I could gossip, right? I mean, it could get bad. It could really be damaging. Gossip destroys people's lives, the lives of their friends and the lives of the people they talk about. That's what scripture is saying. He goes about as a slanderer. He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. What's the problem with gossip? Well, I can think of a few more things here. One, it sows seeds of doubt in another person's mind. And sometimes, you know what? That's what people want to do, isn't it? That is, that's what people want to do. They want to sow seeds of doubt in another person's mind. They want to create the impression that maybe this or that could be true. There's a, I can't think of the name of it. I used it on my radio show the other day, and the smartness just left out of my head. Uh, used to, I remember stuff before the crash. For it, saying, look, I'm not going to say this, but then you say it. I'm not going to say Sean looks like Shrek, but you know Sean does look like Shrek. Let's be honest. But I'm not going to say that because that would mean. Well, that's the thing, folks. I mean, that is the thing. That's, and I can't, Pelolipsis, I can't, but something like that. You know, there's there's a presidential candidate that uses it. I'm not going to say so-and-so is such-and-such, but the so-and-so is such-and-such, but I'm not going to say that. And you put pictures out. And you put Things that talking about, well, this, you know, such and such a publication is saying that so-and-so has five, now eight girlfriends and whatever. I'm not saying it's true. I don't know if it's true. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't. It was the National Enquirer that did it. it. He says he didn't have anything to do with it. Of course not. Of course not. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. In that venue, you've got millions upon millions of people with their ear turned, listening for every little thing. And you know on the Internet, folks believe what's the only one day of the year that folks just passed, one day of the year that people don't believe everything first on the Internet. What day is that? April 1st, April Fool's Day. Then April 2nd, they go back to believing in everything that comes across the screen. Well, folks, that's what counts as gossip. A picture with words on it or a picture with no words, you tell what they're trying to tell you. That's gossip. Sow seeds of doubt in another person's mind. Sometimes that's all you really want to do. That's the only goal there, is I just want so-and-so to doubt. I just want to cause some doubt. Well, here's the second thing it made me think of. It mutilates somebody else's character. Can you imagine? Can you imagine living a certain way your whole life? How about a doctor? Here's something. A doctor and the, and someone is talking they're out in public. They're sitting at their table, and they say, well, doctor, so-and-so, you know he drinks. 
she drinks. You, you ever been with her someplace? She drinks. She can drink. I'm not saying she drinks when she works, but she drinks a lot. You know, and sometimes when people drink that much, you know sometimes they can be at their work and drink because you can't drink that much not at work and not drink some at work. I mean, you know, I'm not saying she does that. That could ruin a career. What if you're an airline pilot, bus driver? How about that? How about that uh, train, the Philly to Georgia train? Tobacco on the track killed two people. Two people are gone. Philadelphia bound for Georgia, Savannah, Georgia. Tragic, terrible, terrible thing. But what if somebody said, you know, I heard the backhoe operator was high. They don't even know. I bet he was high. I bet he was high goes from, I bet he was high to, you know, I heard he was high. To, you know, he has a drug problem. To, you know, he's probably been fired from that job or, or put on suspension from that job and drug treatment and all that stuff a bunch of times. And they kept hiring him back because they're afraid to fire him because they don't want to get in trouble. It becomes this big, long story out of nothing. It's gossip. Gossip can mutilate somebody else's character. You never know how uh, something happens. But you know what? Corrections. You ever see in the newspaper or on news stories? When, do the, when the story breaks, it's a big thing. It's a big, it's a big splashy front page. Boom. Headlines in bold, super dark ink. You know, 600 dot pitch point, whatever. Words are 10 feet tall and on the billboard and on the television screens all over. And then when it comes out, it's not true. It's not true. It's not correct. Where is it? Little bitty thing on page 334 and way back in the lower corner inside the fold. We can't even see it. That's just how it works. It's how it works. The damage is done. It's over. They're just trying to create an impression. And then it's too late. Scripture says this uh, in Proverbs 6.19 in the Complete Jewish Bible. A false witness who lies with every breath with him who sows strife among brothers. When I gossip to you or with you, to or with, I'm either Michelle or I'm Sharon. I'm either Michelle or Sharon. I either plant a negative idea in your mind about someone else or I confirm a suspicion you're having. How many times have you heard something that supported a suspicion or an intent? It's called confirmation bias. We believe things that we want to believe. Let's say we're voting for one of the presidential candidates and we don't care for the other or vice versa. It doesn't matter to me. And someone says something really bad about the one we don't like. Well, we want to believe that, don't we? So we confirm through our bias and then we pass something on. That's gossip. That's what we're talking about here. When I gossip to you or with you, either plant a negative idea in your mind about someone else or I confirm a suspicion you're having. What if, what if someone hurt you? Time ago, they didn't even know they hurt you, maybe. maybe. But you know what? You're mad with them. You're hurt by them. You were hurt, whatever it was. doesn't even matter. It could have been a long time ago. But someone says something bad about that person, and you have bad feelings about that person, and then you join in that negative. That confirms your bias. Even if you argue with me and tell me I'm wrong about someone, my words will linger in your mind and create some doubt. And if I involve three or four other people in my gossip, before you know it, we've become a majority. We've become a majority opinion. 
You also can't be prey gossiping either. Here's how this goes. Christians all around the world, you're listening right now, pray gossiping. Pray gossiping. It's the worst thing ever. I hate it. I talk about it in my book. I talk about it in my radio show. I have whole characters that I do that that's what they do, pray gossipers. You've heard this. Lord, we're at prayer meeting now. Picture the room full of people. You know, that's what, you know that's a lie because prayer meetings nowadays in hardly nobody at prayer meetings. Nobody wants to come and get together and pray for an hour anymore. That's, who can sit around for an hour? Nobody can sit around for an hour. We can't sit for no hour, but we can sit at a baseball game for four hours. We can't pray. can't pray for our country. can't pray for someone sick. can't do that for an hour anymore. So you'll just have to take this story as hypothetical. You know, we're at prayer meeting for an hour. We're going to pray for an hour. So here we are, a whole bunch of people in the room. Lord, please help poor Elmer. Elmer, is, we love Elmer. He's one of us. He's part of our, well, uh, that's when he's not hitting the booze, Lord. When, when Elmer's not hitting the booze, he's part of us. He's here with us. He's not here and hasn't been here. And I think about a year, you know, and Lord, help him. Help Elmer. He's, he's in a lot of trouble at work, you know, hitting the booze and all. You know, when he make it to work, he gets in trouble, you know, when he's not gambling. Lord knows what else. Lord, help Elmer. We just pray for Elmer because we love him. Right? Right? Elmer, Elmer, Elmer's calling me up. What you're talking about? Um, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, pray, pray gossiping, I think, is even worse because you're involving God. The illusion of God, this church, pretend church mess, you know, it happens all the time. It happens in athletic at athletic events, you hear people, especially at Christian schools, this fine ladies is up there and talking about, well, my daughter is pure. She's so pure. Mm. Not like these other girls, like that girl out there. You see her out there? Mm, God bless her mother. Mm, what she must deal with. Dad must be so upset having to deal with that girl running around like she do. You know, my girl, not her. She's pure. Like, let's follow her around for a little while. There's the thing. Pray gospel. I can't stand it. It drives me crazy. But here's the, here's the other thing. Our gossip can become the accept, accepted accepted sentiment of somebody else's character. Proverbs 18.8 reads this way. A slanderer's words are tasty morsels. They slide right down into the belly. Get in my belly, bad words. Get in my belly, gossip. Slides right down. Tastes good, never spoiled. Proverbs 18.8. You didn't know the Bible talked about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. See, here's the thing. This is the truth now. Gossip is a big deal. I've made a joke. Open up your minds to free your minds a little bit and to give you some funny examples. But gossip is absolutely a big deal. Our words sink deep like spiny burning daggers into somebody else's unsuspecting and most often undeserving heart. Suddenly a passing thought or a forwarded meme or an incorrect or out just outright line email or blog post or YouTube video becomes somebody else's reality. I hate it when people trivialize and minimize me and my existence by doing just that, by doing that to me. Don't you hate it when they do it to you? How many of you have, just a show of hands, have ever had anybody gossip about you and got back to you? Right, it gets back to you, doesn't it? Most every time it gets back to you. Hurtful. But you know what? I've had people do it about me that cost me money. Jobs cost me relationships, terrible, untrue gossip that cost me more than I can even calculate. And it's unpo- it's just impossible to undo the damage. 
impossible to undo the damage. Here, you know, I want to say this about that. I have been on the other side of gossip. I have been on the other side of gossip, and I'm telling you, it's hurtful. Not just the the cost of it, right? Add that up. We can say, well, you know, yeah, that cost me a job. Well, that cost me some relationships. Well, that put a strain on other relationships. Well, you know, that put strain on people that were gossiped to about me, and now they treat me differently, and I don't know why, and it's breaking my heart because I used to be so close to this person. And I asked this person, what's going on? You've changed toward me. I, 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 you know, I've noticed this over the past few weeks or few months, and, and now you just don't, we don't relate like we used to. So I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what happened. No, nothing happened. No, it's all good. Well, you've from being a gossiper to what? Being a liar. Somebody asks you straight out, right, hey, Something going on between you and me? I mean, did something happen? Did I say something to offend you or hurt your feelings? Because if I did, and I, I don't want to, you know, please forgive me. Tell me what it is so I don't do it again. But, you know, what is the deal? What did I do? You say, no, nothing. Nothing. You do anything. No, it's no big deal. No, it's just I'm busy at work, you know. That's lying, folks. So now you've gone from being a gossip because you know what? You're a gossip. Whether you're a gossiper or a gossip hearer, and you don't stop them like Scripture says, don't even associate with them, you're part of the problem. And you need to repent of that. How did it feel? Those of you out in the audience and those of you here, how did it feel? How did it affect you to have all you really have? Because this is all we really have. won't shock you when I say it, our reputation. How did it feel to have your reputation you know there's a company out there. I'm familiar with the owner of this company, very big, very, very successful company called Reputation Defender. They didn't pay me for to give them an ad, but they have several companies. And what they do is if you've got a problem, uh, they use the Internet to do it, very innovative. If you've got a problem, a public affairs issue, a public image issue, any number of things, you've got a problem, and you need them to sway the tide a little bit. This company, that's what they'll do. And I mean, it's expensive. It's big money. It's big money. There was a local pastor who came to me because of my expertise in security and said, hey, we got a problem here. Um, people are circulating bad reviews of our church online. And there's this one particular guy, and he's going on and on and on. And, and I, the first thing I said is, what he's saying on the Internet true? No, no. turned out it was. But the point is, the point is, I hooked him up with this company and uh, – you know, that's what they were going to do is work on the reputation. But the damage, almost impossible to calculate because how many times, you know, I've asked, did anybody ever, anybody in the room ever be gossiped about and it hurt you? But they say, and this is what the, whoever they are, the statistics tell us that for every one time you were gossiped about that it got back to you, 20 times that you'll never know damage somebody did to you. You will never know it. 20 times. For every one time you heard about it and you were able to go, wow, that's why so-and-so is acting so strange to me. Because of the gossiping that was going on. Man, that's devastating. Devastating to have your reputation. The only thing really we have, our reputation, ripped away from us. Sometimes it doesn't even take an outright gossip to sow discord. I'm going to give you an example here. It can be a raised eyebrow. That's what I'm doing in radio anime. Doing my raised eyebrow. Hmm? Look. Somebody said to me, 
They're talking about, you know what, and this is a famous radio guy. He says to me, he says, you know what, you want to grow your audience? You know what you need to do? You need to do like I did. You need to get a, a camera on you the whole time you're doing your show or you're doing your thing, and then people pay a subscription to see that. And I said, you know what, you know how I'm going to make money? People will pay a subscription to not see it. Please take this off the screen. I will pay you any amount of money. See my face on the screen. So but you could see my face. It will be a raised eyebrow or maybe words left strategically unspoken. You've all been there. You've all heard this. About a decade ago, I had a pastor friend who had a secretary. And let me tell you what, this woman had a real problem with gossip. Now, I said woman. This is a woman, a male pastor, woman secretary. Doesn't mean women are the only gossips out there. Because nowadays, with this whole metrosexual business going on, there's a whole lot of fellas in skinny jeans talk a whole lot of mess. That's part of the problem right there. Skinny jeans to make crazy. So my friend, the pastor, he'd written this woman up twice for inappropriate gossip. He heard about it two times, and he'd written her up. He, he said, look, you got to come in the office. He had a lady come in so there would be any you know, allegations of anything. Had one of the ladies come in, sit there, and be a witness, and said, look, you know, you this got back to me. You can't be gossiping about people. It's not right. It's against Scripture. Really, we don't want that kind of workplace. So, But she was doing this inappropriate gossip. She was doing this while on the job. And he warned her, listen, this is twice, but the third time, if this happens again, I find out about this again, I'm going to have to let you go. I'm sorry to have to do it, but that's what's going to happen. And look, nowadays, you know, such a litigious society, he was like, I just want to follow the law. I want to know what the law says. I'm going to do what the law says because I'm not trying to get sued. I'm not trying to get the church sued. I'm not trying to get fired. Some, you know, then i got to figure out how to feed my family all of a sudden. And he was doing the best he could, but in retrospect, it really hurt him because he disciplined her. And what did that do? That only made her matter. It only made her, only kind of raised her ire about him. It put him in her crosshairs, put, her, put him in the gun sights. So let me, let me illustrate how this happened. One late afternoon, he got a call from one of his deacons, who also happened to be one of his hunting buddies, and calls him up, rings him up on a smartphone, says, let me just, I just need to tell you about a conversation that I had today. I just want to tell you about this when I tried to get a hold of you. And he's calling the pastor. This is the deacon whose buddies, well, we all got that, right? We got the scenario here. Real true story. The deacon who calls in looking for the pastor, who is also his buddy, his hunting buddy, this is what secretary says. Now, I'm going to just give you some background just for the pastor was actually in a counseling, a uh, pre-Kena or pre-marital counseling session with people to get married. And they had their long session. It was three hours. And so that's what they were doing. And then he had another appointment after that. So they just, you know, backed him up, you know, and had those. Uh, so that's, so now you have it. So he couldn't pick up the phone or anything like that. So he's at the meeting. So what ends up happening is, he comes in the office a little bit late in the afternoon. And now she knew. Now, the secretary keeps his skill. Just, so just so we're clear on this. The secretary knew where he was and what he was doing. Church business, all on the up and up. Even though she knew where he was when the inquiring deacon and anybody of my friend, the pastor, she clearly told the inquiring deacon, oh, um, he hasn't come into work 
yet today. Let me look. Oh, my, it's 4.30. He, he's not been in yet today. What do you think she was trying to do? She was trying to leave the impression that the pastor, well, he sometimes he just don't show up. So he's just goofing off. He Sometimes he just doesn't even come into work. Now, all she said was, uh, hmm, 4.30. He hasn't even come into work yet today. Now, she knew where he was. She could have easily said, oh, he's on church business right now. I don't expect him to be in until later. I'll leave him a message. Would you like me to put you in his voicemail? Whatever. How about you send him a text or whatever? I'll send him a text on your behalf, and then I'll tell him to call you. But she didn't do that, did she? She said, oh, he has to come into work yet today. Well, she was technically accurate, right? She was technically accurate. He, he, he hadn't been into work yet today. He was working, and she knew that. But he hadn't been into work yet today. So technically she was accurate. But you know what? She knew, and very strategically did this, the impression that she was leaving. She intentionally left that impression with that deacon. And that impression that she left wasn't true. Not only does gossip sow discord, it also assassinates a person's character. Ezekiel 22.9 from the Old Testament reads, Slanderous men have been in you for the purpose of shedding blood. And in you they have eaten at the mountain shrines. In your midst they have committed acts of lewdness. Shedding blood? Man, oh man, that's strong language. But exactly what our words do with a person's character. Psalm 31, 14, David says, and this is verse 13 in other Bible translations, but in the complete Jewish Bible it's verse 14. All I hear is whispering terrors all around me. They plot together against me, scheming to take my life. You know what, if we look back and we read the context of the scripture, David, he was certainly and justifiably, he was threatened. He felt threatened. But what's the cure for gossip? What's the cure? Let me suggest a few things from scripture, if I might. Maybe let's lighten things up a little bit because I can feel you're feeling bad. Listen, let's remember this fact. The fact is, you know what, we've all got we've all had bad days. We've all had that day where we let something slip, let something fly, said something in a certain way. And it was wrong. Our opportunity is to go back and make it right. Proverbs 17:9. He who conceals an offense promotes love, but he who harps on it can separate even close friends. Even the best we have to offer is flawed. Even Hollywood, I mean Hollywood, with all the great movies we used to have, as perfectly awesome as we thought them to be, they were flawed. Next time you watched Best Picture from 1959, what was that? The Academy Awards? Ben-Hur. Look for the tracks during chariot races left behind by the camera trucks. You can see them if you watch it. That was a mistake. It wasn't perfect. Great move. Academy Award winning wasn't perfect. Even things we think are perfect, not perfect. Or when you put the 1989 winner driving Miss... I'm just trying to drive you to the stove, Miss Daisy. Right? Drive Daisy in the handy-dandy VHS or beta player, whichever you have. They don't even have those. What is it, Blu-ray now? Um Pause the picture when Alabama, the Alabama police, questions the driver. But look real close. Hit pause, and you'll notice he's wearing a Georgia patch, Georgia State Police patch on his sleeve. He's supposed to be Alabama police, but he's got a Georgia patch on. Somebody in costumes made a mistake. It wasn't perfect. Won a bunch of awards. Thought it was perfect, but it wasn't. They all make mistakes. Even more recently, the 2001 
A Beautiful Mind. How many have ever seen that movie? Really, really intelligent movie. Has a scene where the Nobel Prize speech is given, and on the po- on the podium, the word Nobel, N-O-B-L-E, instead of Nobel, it, it, it's Nobel, Nobel Prize. Just little stuff you pick up on. I, I notice stuff like that. I'm weird. Nothing's perfect. The point is, is, look, they get paid millions of dollars to make these movies. We think they're perfect, but they're not. So what do we do? Are we going to say, why can't that movie has an error in it? They messed up. It's not perfect. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be part of it. Guess what? You just got to learn to overlook stuff. We have to learn to overlook stuff about each other, don't we? We're not perfect. People in the back talking, mm-hmm. Tell me. Amen. Preach. I have to look over a lot. Mountains of stuff. Nobody's perfect. That we're so quick to overlook our own faults, but when it when it comes to somebody else, we notice everything, every little thing. You know, this this to me reminds me of the speck plank conundrum, right? Why are you talking about the speck in my eye when you got a big old plank in your eye? The second thing you can do is, well, I'm just gonna say this. It sounds so stupid. Just stop it. Proverbs twenty six twenty teaches we're running out of time. I have to hurry. If there's no wood, the fire goes out. If nobody gossips, contention stops. I swear it really does say that. Proverbs 26, 20, complete Jewish Bible. If there's no wood, the fire goes out. If nobody gossips, contention stops. Now, here's what I try to do. I try to imagine the person I'm talking about standing in the room. I'm standing there talking, and I'm, I suddenly realize I'm talking about somebody. I try to imagine them standing in the room, and if I start to feel uncomfortable, I know I've crossed the line, and I've become disruptive, and I'm beginning into gossip. Really, who knows? This might, look, restroom, it could be at a restaurant, it could be at a ballpark, it could be at a basketball game in the stands. Who knows who's around you? You don't know who's around you. You don't know who's within earshot, just like Beth and Michelle. According to my friend, the situation between Beth and Michelle happened years ago, but Michelle has never forgotten it. She tried to reach, according to the news article, she's not my friend, I don't even know. Um, Michelle has never forgotten it. She tried to reach Beth several times. Remember Michelle and Sharon, the ones that go into the restroom. Beth is in the stall. They don't know Beth's in there. And Michelle starts cutting Sharon to bits. She's just cutting her to bits with her tongue. And then Beth comes out and is all embarrassed and hurt. She leaves her job. She, so Michelle tried to reach Beth several times by phone and by text. And then she wrote her a letter of apology. All of that. Emails, letters, handwritten, the whole bit. Beth never responded. Michelle says she learned her lesson about loose lips the hard way. What's worse is that Michelle is a Christian. And Beth, to the best of her knowledge, is not. So what do we do when we've caught ourselves gossiping? Society hates the answer. Look, I, I don't. This is no more fun for me than it is for you. Society absolutely hates this answer. That hate, they hate this word. But what do we do when we catch ourselves gossiping? We repent. We stop it and we repent. We go the other way. We change our way. We stop and think, oh, hold on a second. Do I want somebody talking, running around talking about me like that? You know what I said to somebody one time? They were talking about, they. well, I don't gossip. I mean, sometimes I slip up and gossip. But look, people run around talking about me all the time. Does it make it right? Does it make it right? Are you somehow or another cosmically in the universe getting even? Or because you were doing wrong, it's okay for you to do wrong other people? No, that's just crazy. That's a crazy business. Society hates that answer, but we've got to repent. Listen, you know the story about Richard Nixon. You remember uh, Watergate? You guys heard it's little. It's not that much tape. I mean, we make out like it's Hillary 
Clinton and a private server in her home and thousands, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of emails. It wasn't that. It was a very, very small bunch of tapes. On one time piece out of context on that tape, a world got reason why I'm a pastor. Dr. Reverend Dr. Billy Graham was actually on there talking to President Nixon, and he was talking about, he said something about, um, out of context this was, he was telling President Nixon on these tapes that the Jews had a stranglehold on the American media, which needed to be broken because it was controlling the country. Now, what happens? Of course, what happens? They're made public. The tapes are made public, and this was many decades later, decades, decades upon decades later. People were shocked, and they had this righteous indignation. Man, he calls himself a pastor. But look at him, running around God. Look at him. Look at this bad. And he said, point blank, look, I don't remember making the statement. But if I did, if it's on tape, okay. And I'm sorry for that. I'm embarrassed by it. Uh, Cal Thomas, syndicated political columnist, says political power can be corrupting and can even seduce the clergy. I've got to ask you, how many, if all of us were recorded, all the stuff we've said over our whole lifetime, privately and otherwise, right? Some people are making faces. Man, Lord God, I hope not. What do we have all over the place? Cameras everywhere, right? Go to New York City. It's the second most camered place in the, in the world. Second only to London, England. You imagine if a camera followed you around, there was hidden cameras up in your house and in your job, in your car. Man, would to God, nobody better not follow me around. Because I'm not perfect. Let me, I'm just going to challenge believers as we, as we close today. Speak of the need for spiritual and political revival. I want you to take your eyes off of Washington, D.C. for that spiritual and political revival and focus more on personal revival, personal renewal. Renewal is not coming from in Washington, D.C. It must come from within each of us, controlling our speech, folks. It's a lingering challenge for every single person, even righteous people, even us. And thank you for joining me today. Join us tomorrow, 4 p.m., same place. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight. <laughs>